From time to time in our counseling center, and also as I receive letters from people as a result of this broadcast, by the way, I should make a comment here that from time to time needs to be made. I cannot answer all of your letters. I will try my best to uh, respond in some form to some of them, but do not be surprised if I can't answer them, particularly if you're asking specific questions about many matters. But often from time to time at the counseling center and in the letters that come, people express a deep concern over whether they have committed the unpardonable sin, or as it is often called, the sin against the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, the unforgivable sin. Let me just say categorically as we begin, if you're concerned about that matter, then you haven't. If you're concerned at all about the question of whether you have committed the unpardonable sin, you could not conceivably have committed it. And the reason for that is, of course, that your concern would grow out of Christian thought. Your concern would grow out of a concern not to commit it and a concern to be Christ's and a concern to have eternal life. If you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and you know the forgiveness of sins, then there is no conceivable way in which you could have committed the unpardonable sin. And even if you're one of those people who worries about whether you are forgiven or not all the time, and who worries about some specific sin or some specific question, and who's deeply concerned about whether you have committed this sin or not, you are not one who has committed it either. Because you see, anybody who, takes that who has that concern at heart is a person who is exactly the opposite from those who commit it. The person who commits the unforgivable sin or the unpardonable sin or the sin against the Holy Spirit all three words are used of the same thing in the scriptures, is a person who is like those hardened Pharisees, those Pharisees who had the slightest concern about whether they had committed it or not. They were always concerned about whether they were proper in the sight of others, not whether they were proper in the sight of God. They weren't concerned about whether they had done something wrong against God or not. They were concerned about whether they had done something to influence others in the wrong way or not. And so when Jesus in Matthew 12 uh, began to perform miracles, healing a blind and dumb man, for example, we read in verse 24, that the, when the Pharisees heard it, now notice what kinds of people they are, men who trusted in their own righteousness, Jesus said somewhere else, when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this man cast out demons only by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. And knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and any city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then shall his kingdom stand? Of course, it was an irrefutable argument. They said that Jesus is casting out demons, that is, Satan's hosts, by the power of Satan. And Jesus says, what stupidity! Who would cast out his own soldiers? Who would try to throw down his own work? Any house that's divided against itself is not going to stand. Satan isn't that stupid. And then he goes on to say, And if I, by Beelzebul, cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? So he turns the argument around on them and points the guns in their own direction. Consequently, they shall be your judges, 
You say that to them and see what they say to you. Let them judge you. Then he goes on to say, now let me tell you what the real story is here. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. If the Spirit of God is enabling me to do this thing, then you can know that he's here and he's building his kingdom and there's something new happening here in your midst. Or how can anyone enter the strong man's house and carry off his property until, unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house? He says, I'm really in control of Satan. I'm binding the strong man. I'm binding Satan. I'm taking him out of the way so that I can plunder him and steal his demons away from him. And then he goes on to say, he who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, now here comes the word about the unforgivable sin. Therefore I say to you, any sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven men, but blasphemy against the Spirit shall not be forgiven. Now what was this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? this unforgivable or unpardonable sin or this sin against the Spirit of God. Well, the therefore in verse 31 indicates that it had to do with this whole question of what they had said about his power and his source of ability to cast out demons. What was happening was that these hardened Pharisees who hated Jesus Christ were saying that he was in league with the devil and they were saying that the power by which he was throwing demons out of people, casting demons out, was the devil's power. When the, matter of, the fact of the matter was, as Jesus pointed out, that it was by the power of the Holy Spirit that he was exercising demons. That he was throwing demons out of people through that power of the Spirit of God that bound Satan rather than using Satan's power itself. And so what they were doing was attributing the work of the Spirit of God to the devil. That's what the Pharisees were doing. No wonder then Jesus speaks about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just that he is preeminently a holy being. It's his job as well as his character to produce holiness as well as to be a holy one and to call the Holy Spirit an unclean spirit, as the scriptures often call the demons and call the devil, to call him the filthy uh, one, as Beelzebul would mean, the one who has to do with, with flies and filth, the god of flies and filth, to call that the Holy Spirit that would be to speak blasphemously against him. These were hard-bitten Pharisees who hated Jesus Christ and everything that he stood for. The last thing they'd ever be concerned about was whether they had committed the sin against the Holy Spirit. So Jesus has to reemphasize it in verse 32 by saying, Whoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whoever shall speak against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. How different it is then for a person who is deeply concerned, worried, and troubled over whether he has committed the Holy Spirit, and a Pharisee who hated Jesus Christ and who blasphemed the Holy Spirit by saying, you're the devil himself working in Jesus Christ. No, my friend, if you're worried about it, you haven't committed it. But I have a suggestion for you instead. Don't start talking about the unforgivable sin. 
Start talking about all those forgivable ones that you need to deal with. In nine out of ten cases where people come talking about the unforgivable sin, their real problem is that they always think of it as something other than what the Bible speaks of it as being. They may think of it as adultery or something of that sort, but those are forgivable sins. They're heinous and they're terrible in the sight of God, but they can be forgiven. And I urge you today to deal with them by seeking God's forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And if you don't know what to do to deal with them, speak to a man of God who preaches the word of God, some pastor who teaches the truth from the scriptures, and he will help you to deal with the forgivable sins, the ones you really should be concerned about and that you should bring to the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross for sinners. Lord, help us to understand this in Christ's name. Amen.